The federal government is facing a well-documented workforce crisis, especially with skilled technology talent. Between retention, recruitment, and retirement issues, federal hiring managers are struggling to fill critical open roles to meet mission objectives and new federal mandates. On today's episode of Meritalking, I'm joined by Craig McCullough, Senior Vice President of Public Sector at Pluralsight, to explore how to close the federal technology skills gap. Craig, thanks for joining us today. Thanks, Joe. Glad to be here. It's a good topic. So let's get right into it. Federal agencies are facing critical workforce challenges, right? Especially in filling technology roles. The president's management agenda has acknowledged this, saying, quote, to better prepare for our future, we also must identify and address critical skills gaps across the federal IT and cybersecurity workforce. So Craig, let's bring the IT skills gap to life. What's the worst case scenario and the best case scenario? That's a great question, Joe. And the worst case scenario is that if we can't deliver against IT mission objectives, then we risk the safety and security of the country. You know, you can see how imperative this is based on technology agendas that are being pushed, like the cybersecurity executive order or the zero trust mandate. And that doesn't even touch upon some leading edge technologies like AI and RPA. It's crucial, in my opinion, that we have IT talent who are skilled in these areas in order to keep up with threats and continue to modernize our IT infrastructure. Awesome, yeah, it's a great point. And you think about it, IT supports nearly every aspect of how we do business today and particularly all of the mission objectives across government, right? So maybe let's talk about opportunities. Let's talk more about best case scenario. How have you seen agencies successfully responding to the skills gap? Yeah, that's a good one. Um, you know, some agencies have recognized the need for upskilling and they've actually gotten ahead of it by making it a top priority. But the interesting thing is, is that not all, in fact, not many of these agencies have a robust workforce to train. So they've started recruiting out of kind of their non-tech talent pool, which is important because they're tapping into their workforce that may eventually have the ability with the proper training but that they're identifying these individuals that have the capability to learn it. And it's opening up a much wider, more diverse tech workforce that ultimately can play into our ability to not only upskill, but also create talent where it didn't exist before. I think that's been a really awesome new acknowledgement in government, right? That soft skills and, and things that may be intangible, like you can teach technology, right? But getting the best talent from wherever it may be is awesome and important. And, and you see that, by the way, that's an excellent statement because you see legislative efforts that actually speak to what you just said. There's the Chance to Compete Act. There's the, the idea of skills over degrees. We're seeing that more and more in technology. Yeah, that's great. So let's talk more about legislation and mandates in government then and what's prompting all of the changes across the technology sphere, right? You're seeing mandates around zero trust and cybersecurity, around moving to the cloud in a more smart fashion, and around delivering better customer experience for everyday citizens, right? So how has that affected the government technology workforce and how will we need to respond? So mandates, you know, they've been around for a while and what they do is they simply create a greater sense of urgency. You might have a mandate that's not funded, but it's still highlighting a key issue. And you've seen that in recent mandates that have come out of, let's say, DOD. We've got the DOD Cybersecurity Workforce Framework. We've got the DOD Directive 8140. These are things that, as you said, kind of highlight what's important in technology as we go forward, looking at upskilling, making sure we have the right personnel at the right time, not only for today, but where we need to be in the future. 
to meet our mission objectives and also secure the country from a technology perspective. You know, if you look specifically at the DCWF, the DOD Cybersecurity Workforce Framework, you'll see that it speaks across seven broad categories, 33 specialty areas, and 54 work roles. And one thing that's important to us at Pluralsight is that we map directly to those work roles as our clients are not only looking at where they need to be today, but then extrapolating that out with the emergence of new technology. Where do they need to be five years from now? And how do they metric that to get there to make sure they're where they need to be from a technology capability perspective at the moment that they get there? And I think it's refreshing to hear that government is trying to be forward-looking and that you guys in turn are trying to be forward-looking about how to foster those skills. So going back to what could happen, right? I think, I don't have the exact statistic, but I thought it was an interesting point that if everyone currently in college in a STEM role were to graduate today and enter the workforce, we would still be in a deficit in terms of the amount of workers in cybersecurity and in technology, right? So in this sort of like worst case scenario environment, government might not be able to fill these tech skills gaps ahead of a critical event, such as another major cyber attack, on critical infrastructure or, or, or the like, right? Ransomware all over the place. So what steps can agencies take today to ensure they're prepared for a critical incident? So in addressing kind of steps that agencies can take to address a critical incident, I think it's important to look at, and you touched on it in the beginning of your question, where are we now, right? And you rightfully so pointed out that the government can't keep up with the pace of hiring that it needs to keep up with in order to fill a lot of these critical roles. A good example of that is if you look at the federal cloud smart policy that was launched in 2019, that was founded on three pillars of successful cloud adoption, security, procurement, and workforce. Much of that policy is directed by the fact that we have, let's say, 75% or so of technology leaders in the government are building new products in the cloud, but only 8% of those technologists actually have the experience of working with cloud-related tools. So that's like if you had 100 planes, you only have eight pilots, if that makes sense. So getting to what steps can agencies take to ensure that they're prepared for a critical incident, you know, it's important to remember that it's the people that power technology. It's imperative that you have a workforce that's capable of meeting the mission demands and goals of today, and then those that you kind of extrapolate out that you're going to need down the road. And this means opening up the aperture for tech talent. You know, when hiring, it's important to look at the whole person, like we were discussing before, not just the experience that that person brings to the table, but in the arc of that person's development, what are they capable of down the road? What can you create within that individual that really brings a capability that you might not have today that's important to the mission? So let's talk a little bit about the nuts and bolts of training, right? I think when a lot of folks think about training, you know, in an onboarding environment, they think of either in-person boot camp style training, let me get it all in, or like virtual courses where they sit and stare at a computer screen for hours. How is, you know, the Pluralsight workforce development platform different from other types of more static kind of stiff training like this? The Pluralsight workforce development platform is very interesting in that I think of it as it's hands-on learning in a virtual world. And what I mean by that is, you know, we have AI-driven skills gap analysis. It's not just that people are taking an assessment and then they're being categorized based on that assessment. There's actually AI technology being attached to what the individual is doing. And then we use that to course correct and develop a specific gap analysis to bring them to where they need to be. It's for the individual, not just a broad, generic workforce. 
We have 8,000 online courses. We have sandboxes, lab experiences to test new skills, live virtual classes, all of these together and some other, other capabilities as well is what makes up the Pluralsight workforce development platform. And again, the aim of the platform is not to use talent, it's to create talent. That's something that's very different than what I've seen elsewhere in the marketplace. Instead of being a user of talent, we're trying to create and enhance talent. What I find really interesting about what I'm hearing from you is that you're really thinking about the individual, right? When you think about all of the folks in the government tech workforce, you talked about some folks who may not be technologists to start, right? But you're also dealing with key IT folks and with all of the specialized knowledge required to learn a system, to learn you know, a new tool, it sounds like there is just potentially a whole lot of scope in terms of how you could approach a training plan, right? So how do you think about the individual when there's very different needs out there around these different systems? Yeah, that's, that's exactly right. And, you know, whether you look at somebody who's a deep technologist with extensive experience or someone just entering, the important thing is that what we offer is, is a just-in-time learning and individual development plans that will get a specific learner where they need to be and kind of bridge any technology gaps that they may have. If you think about the president's management agenda and other mandates that highlight using metrics to understand upskilling, that's what our skill IQ assessment is kind of all about. It's our top value. We get insight where skill gaps and strengths need to be identified, benchmarked, and then we create custom learning paths for the individual based on what they may already know and where they need to be. And that's how Pluralsight helps agencies develop training that actually aligns with not only the current roles that they may have, but future roles that they need to implement in order to take their technology workforce to the next level. And that's you know why I've heard that a lot of the technologists that are working with you guys are really passionate about how you foster learning, right? But let's be honest, like taking time to learn new skills, it can be difficult. We all have busy lives. We all have busy professional lives, right? So what's your advice for agency managers, C-level folks in the IT shop, who are trying to deal with their day-to-day -day requirements, but also prepare for forward-looking skills like this? Yeah, that's a, a, you know, a great thought and a great question. And time is a premium. You know, I would say that my first piece of advice, or my first thought anyway, along those lines is, I don't think learning should be taken for granted or pushed to a back burner. An environment of learning is essential for success going forward in any organization. You know, without learning and constant advancement, you're going to lose out on innovation. You're going to lose out on the ability to grow and adapt, which is very important, especially to the federal government in IT. As far as making time for quote-unquote training, I would say that traditional instructor-led training is not going to solve tech skills gaps. It's more important to look at it as more of a just-in-time learning through a platform like Pluralsight's that spans vendors and technologies. And regardless of whether you're trying to learn a whole new subject within IT or you're trying to fill a specific gap at that moment in order to continue with your current mission, the platform provides a means to reach both of those end goals. I think I mentioned it before, but a large part of the just-in-time learning comes within the solution stack that we provide, the AI-driven skills gap analysis the 8,000 courses, the sandboxes, the lab experiences where you can safely test and apply what you've just learned to make sure that you understand it adequately and you're able to carry forward with it. 
live virtual classes to back up and complement the learnings that you've done on your own. These are the things that, that I would recommend technologists place a premium on and don't think about it as having to set time aside. It, it, is, it is really the nuts and bolts of success, not only today, but as we move forward. You know, it's great to hear that the administration through the president's management agenda, the DOD and all these mandates that you've shared are really thinking about the future when it comes to tech and what we can do in government. So I wanna thank you so much for sharing your thoughts today. You really kind of brought the skills gap to life for us and gave federal managers kind of actionable advice on how to start closing that skills gap before it's too late. That's all we have for today. Thank you so much for listening. If you'd like to learn more about Pluralsight's workforce solutions, you can visit them at Pluralsight.com. Have a great day.